Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends, and welcome back. So glad that you're you're with us again today for uh, the next uh, episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, we're in Jeremiah chapter 10. If you want to take a moment and uh, turn there or follow along, if not, just listen carefully as you always do. Keep your eyes on the road if you're driving. Uh, we are in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 17. Jeremiah 10 and verse 17. What a contrast uh, we have seen in the first 16 verses of this chapter, how the gods that we tend to value, the things that we worship or spend time on or set in our lives above our, the priority of God, which is just idolatry, don't hold a candle to the true God who made everything, who is eternal, who is alive, who is our God, who made us and Jeremiah just goes on and on to talk about all of the valid reasons why we ought to be worshiping God and God alone. Look at what he says in verse number 17, Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 17. He says, gather up thy wares out of the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus saith the Lord, behold, I will sling out of the inhabitants of the land at this once and will distress them that they may find it so. In other words, that they might truly experience or feel uh, what is happening when they reject me. So what is the what is Jeremiah saying in, in these verses? Uh, Gather up thy wares out of, thy, of the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. In other words, you better run for your lives. We would say today, you better pack your bags and run. You think you're safe? You think that you're in the safest place? And Jerusalem, by the way, was a very safe place. It was uh, just a natural, defensible defensible place. That's why the Jebusites inhabited it for so long. It was so took so long before David finally to take over uh, Jerusalem. Remember, it was supposed to have been taken over years before when Joshua conquered the land. But, but Joshua and the people never did defeat Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Why? It was just such an impregnable place. And even David and Joab finally were able to take it over because they climbed up through the water system, remember? So it was a very safe fortress, Jerusalem. But what's Jeremiah saying? He said, you better pack your bags. You better run because when God's chastisement comes, even that which you trust in, which you feel so safe in, will not be a safety net for you. Verse number 18, for thus says the Lord, saith the Lord, behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once. But what, what imagery? Sling. When I think about sling, I think about David, right? And that sling and how quickly a rock escapes from a sling with how much force, how quickly, how far. So when God says he'll sling the inhabitants, wow, what imagery. That much far from being a safe place to hide and stay, 
It's going to be a place that God slings people out of because of their disobedience. So Jeremiah says, you better run. You better pack your bags. You better get away with whatever you can get away with as far as what you can pack in a backpack because danger is coming and you will not escape. Run. Run for your lives. Look at verse number 19. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous, but I said, truly, this is grief. I must bear it. So now on behalf of the people, Jeremiah expresses his lamentation. Uh, what, what, what is the heart of the people that are going to suffer the judgment of God? What will they say? What will be their lament? Well, the Bible tells us here in verse number 19, woe is me from my hurt. You know, all they can do now is just cry and bemoan the fact that the consequences have come. They have tested God, tested God, tested God, refused and refused and refused and refused. And now when the consequence finally comes, it's a time of, of great sorrow. Woe is me for my hurt. And then be uh, verse number 19, my wound is grievous. This is bad. This is a deep wound. And I must say, truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. Sometimes when it comes to the consequences of sin, uh, how often in our lives when we face negative consequences, and sometimes, let's face it, negative consequences are a result of our continued disobedience. I think about uh, Paul's warning to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when he said, about those who disesteemed at the Lord's Supper, he said, there are many weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, many many have died. So what happens when we bear the brunt of God's chastisement for our own sin? Well, sometimes we just need to, to bear that punishment. We just need to kind of stand there while the spanking is being administered. And that's what Jeremiah is saying on behalf of the people here. He's saying that I must bear it. And remember, God is not going to punish us above our ability to bear it. God loves us. He's not trying to get us and destroy us, but rather lovingly chastising us. And in that time of, of painful chastisement, we must bear it. And that's what Jeremiah is, is saying. Verse number 20, he says, my tabernacle is spoiled. So a, a tabernacle uh, was a tent. So here he's referring to his home and in a metaphorical sense, because they didn't all live in tents necessarily. But the point here is that any home that we have, even if it's a brick home or a beautiful home, maybe that you live in is really a tabernacle because it's temporary. And that's the point. The point is our time on earth our time in our earthly structures, even our time in our own body is temporary. And what Jeremiah says here in verse number 19 is my tabernacle is spoiled. Uh, spoiled, remember, not spoiled like bad milk, but spoiled in the sense of it's been robbed. It's been plundered, spoiled in the sense of spoil, the spoils of war. So my tabernacle has been spoiled. And then it says, and all my cords are broken. So how is a tent, uh, how is a tent structure uh, stable? Because of the cordage, right? If you ever go camping, 
you, you drive in those tent pegs, right? And you have the rope or the cords that hold the tent in place, right? So if the tabernacle is spoiled, the stuff is taken and the, the tent itself is, is destroyed, then maybe the tent cords have been cut, have been, the, the, the pegs or the stakes have been taken out. And that's what Jeremiah says here. He said, my tabernacle spoiled. All my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me. They are not. My children have been taken or killed. There is none to stretch forth my tent anymore to set up my curtains. Everything I have is gone. That, that's the lamentation of Jeremiah. Everything's gone. My family is gone. My home is gone. My children are gone. My ability to rebuild is gone. The cords have been cut. I, I have no hope. Verse number 21, for the pastors, here's another reason. Uh, why this has all taken place for the pastors. And remember that the word pastor, while it's a New Testament term that would refer to the office of, for instance, your pastor, also the term bishop and the term elder used in, in, in a nuanced difference to, to describe the same office in my view. But here in the Old Testament, pastor generally referred to the civil leader, like the, like the mayor or the governor or the king and so here, in that, in that sense, the Bible says, for the pastors are become brutish. Uh, they've lost their ability to make wise decisions. Uh, they aren't making uh, decisions that are discerning, that are helping God's people. Uh, the, these shepherds, that's what the word pastor means, these people that are supposed to be making good decisions for the safety, protection, and provision of the people that follow them are not doing that. The Bible says the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. So what's the best thing a leader can do for his people? Seek the Lord. The best thing a dad can do, the best thing that a mom can do in shepherding her children, shepherding his children, the best thing a, a pastor of a church can do in shepherding his flock is to seek the Lord, is to seek God's wisdom and God's favor and God's help and God's protection and God's power and so on. But the Bible says here that they have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. So one of the reasons why Jeremiah is lamenting about this grievous hurt. Well, one of the reasons why Jeremiah is lamenting about losing a home and children and family and stuff and place is because the leadership has been an abysmal failure, an abysmal failure. Verse number 22 Behold, the noise of the brute is come, and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. We've talked about this before. Dragon here refers to a jackal, uh, these scavenger dogs that would move into these cities that have been destroyed where these dead bodies are strewn everywhere. And again, uh, it's going to come from the north. Uh, the Babylonian captivity, the armies are going to come down and take over Jerusalem, besiege Jerusalem. Better pack your bags and run. Better get out. Your home's going to be destroyed. Your children are going to be taken. Your leadership's going to fail you. See how this all plays together? Verse number 23, oh Lord, here's the final part of the chapter. Here's the prayer of Jeremiah, oh Lord. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. So 
Jeremiah is lamenting and saying, Lord, we are directionless. We, we don't know how to guide our steps. We have made our decisions. And by the way, she did, Judah. She made all the wrong decisions. She tried to make political alliances with Egypt. She tried to kiss up to and negotiate with these foreign powers when what she really needed to do was seek the Lord. And what Jeremiah is saying is we make bad decisions left to ourselves, left to our own devices. We don't make good directional decisions. That's why the Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, seek the Lord, and he shall direct thy paths. Leave direction up to God. Uh, Ours should be seeking. You take care of the devotion part of your life. God will take care of the direction part of your life. I think too often we have it the opposite way. We want to we want to choose our way. We want to plan our direction. And that's not the way it works. You take care of devotion. I'm seeking God. I'm in his word. I love God. I'm obeying the things I know to do that are right. And God will direct your path. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Look at the last verse of the chapter, verse number 25. Pour out thy fury upon the heathen that know thee not, and upon the families that call not on thy name. For they have eaten up Jacob, and devoured him, and consumed him, and have made and made his habitation desolate. You know, it's interesting. The final thing that Jeremiah says and prays in Jeremiah chapter 10 is, Lord, I'm seeing through prophetic eyes this destruction of my own people. It, it hurts me. I must bear this grief. This is putting me in a state of depressive lamentation. And Lord, you're using people like the Babylonians who are wicked people. They're heathen. They don't follow you. They don't love you. They're not serving you. And Lord, what I'm saying is you are just in the way that you're allowing these enemies to come in and to judge us. But Lord, would you also, would you also do right by us? When this is done and, and judgment has come and your chastisement in our life is complete, Lord, would you please also judge them? Because they too have turned their backs on you. They too uh, have, have, have viciously attacked your people. Lord, don't forget to do right by them too. And that's the same prayer that uh, Habakkuk prayed in Habakkuk chapter one. And God was careful to say that while I use heathen, uh, I use the unthinkable resources sometimes to, to punish my people, it's not that I'm giving them a pass. I am God. I do right. Timing is mine. You can trust me. And that's exactly what Jeremiah is praying for here. Well, that's it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 10. We'll go ahead and jump into a brand new chapter. Next episode, chapter number 11. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.